1: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on vSEN, the sports betting network.
2: Hour number two primetime action live from the South Point Hotel Casino, Tim Strip.
1: Las Vegas, Nevada.
2: Skill Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin. Glad you could join us on a Wednesday night on the cusp of the uh, wild card playoffs. And PJ Golf returning. Reed Fowler momentarily joining us from DraftKings to discuss both. Uh, first, though, my tennis picks. Sorry, we didn't. Uh, the the numbers game audience this morning got these. Uh, but sorry we didn't put these out earlier here on the show tonight because one of them has already started. But I will uh, repeat the three that there were. One of them was just a, uh, is just thrown into a uh, nutty parlay. But the three plays were Madison Brangle plus 117 over Allison Risk. Um, I hope the numbers game crowd uh, put those in. I'm sure they did, but I'm sorry for the primetime action crowd. That match has started uh, between those two. Uh, still in the first set, Brangle has broken Risk. We'll uh, hope that that continues that way. The anacanya Corey Goff match, I just put that one in a parlay. I didn't even give that one out this morning. But at plus 256, that actually represents a lot of value, and I did throw that into a uh, wacky little parlay. But the three straight plays are Brangle at plus 117 over Allison Risk, which has started, and then later tonight... And by the way, these times are not all Eastern. But Brandon Nakashima over Riley Opelka. We got the win last night on Tanasi Kokonakis over John Isner. And as Matt said off air, the most Isner match ever. Three (laughs) tie breaks. But we got it done with uh, Kokonakis. Kind of a similar thing tonight. Nakashima over Opelka. Opelka, sort of a poor man's John Isner. Big server. We're taking Nakashima at minus 139. The numbers work out favorably to that. And then Overnight, which is actually, obviously, same day in, in uh, Sydney, Australia. 3.30 a.m. Eastern time. Thank you. 3.30 a.m. Eastern, 12.30 Pacific. Uh, I am fading Kokonakis after backing him successfully last night, taking Alexander Vukic at plus 161. That price isn't quite there anymore. I think it's about plus 147. Still playable, but I wouldn't let it fall much further than that. Over Our buddy, Tanasi Kokanakis, coming off that
3: win yesterday. I was going to say, he he played as much tennis as as, as allowable. As allowable. Yes, that's right.
2: He played as much tennis as allowable last night. In three sets. So there are your tennis picks, if you are so inclined. How about some golf plays? Let's bring him in from DraftKings. The best-looking dude in the room. It's Reed Fowler. How you doing, Reed?
4: Yo, how you doing, bud? Pleasure to see you.
2: You too, man. Uh, Let's start with the golf, and we'll crescendo to uh, to football. Uh, First of all, what do we need to know about this course? Uh, at the Sony open in hawaii and what kind of golfer then would you
3: bet on profile wise
4: yeah i actually grew up about 10 minutes from this course uh it's a private course right so
3: oh, look at that uh, brag look at that brag <laughs> oh yeah yeah i actually grew up about 10 minutes from this course by the way in hawaii i was born on the ninth tee <laughs> <Yeah>. box yeah <laughs> exactly
4: uh, i've been to actually worked at it. here's some behind the curtain wizard of oz stuff i actually worked at this hotel it was one of my first jobs uh, I won't say what it was because it's you know there's there's a, a negative connotation to what I did. It was the 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 moniker was like the pool boy. Uh, <laughs> but really good tips because this is a place <laughs> where a lot of affluent people go to. Uh, best tan I've ever had in my life. But uh, this course is <laughs> it's, it's it's very old fashioned, right? This is actually one of the longer standing courses on tour. Um, it's been a tournament's been out there for quite some time, and it's I think it's only second to Augusta National. So there's a lot of history at this course. Wildlife Country Club, it's a par 70. It's right on the water. So when you talk about a coastal course, this is about five, ten steps, and you're on the water. It can get windy. Um, It's the Kala Bay. It's a man-made beach, so it's not necessarily naturally there, right, at at this course, at this hotel, at this resort. But it's par four scoring, right? Putting needs to be a thing. It's small green, so around the green is going to matter. But like any other course, guys, strokes gain approach is going to be the number one key statistic. And what we've seen trend-wise is that debutants like Augusta, like Tournament of Champions last week, don't necessarily do well here. Um, It's been a course where guys, I think 15 of the last 16 winners, have played at least once. Success on this course previously isn't a huge thing. It's obviously going to help. And then playing last week in Hawaii does help. Doesn't necessarily mean that you have to play well last week in Hawaii, but we've seen guys like Kevin Nau, who you're seeing there on the screen come in like dead last last year, but then win this tournament. So guys who can put it well, guys who are good around the green and obviously a second shot course. That's who you want to take a look at from a value standpoint. I think there's a lot of guys on the board you can go to.
3: If we look at the top, though, and Cam Smith being just the overwhelming favorite in this, eight to one, everyone else double digits. Look, he he wins last week, and I've heard a couple of different... Aussie commentators who have said he uh he likes to enjoy his wins and when he uh, when he wins a lot of money he he tends to uh he tends to enjoy the money and and relish everything I think that Smith is not only a fade for me like I would never bet him at eight to one in 144 person field here like this but I think he might be even a fade in some head-to-heads and groupings and stuff or how are you treating him this week
4: yeah, actually, Jason Sobel uh, sent out a really good tweet on if you look at his finishes after his wins, whether it be the Zurich with his boy Mark Leishman, or you know, his win at Sony, you know, you kind of see that he that that's the case. He kind of falters off, right? Couple missed cuts, you know, like a, a 48th, the a 65th finish. So absolutely, does he deserve this short of odd or this this number? Yeah, because of what he did last week, and you look at the field, especially with Bryson no longer. In the field, um, but I'm, I'm with you, Matt, like in a head to head uh, camp Smith. Yeah, like I would definitely be someone over the long course, right? Maybe not for uh, for round one because I do think he could come out swinging pretty good um, just based on what he's done at this course being a previous winner and then what he did last week. Um, but yeah, you know, like he's someone that is definitely there to to miss the gut or over four rounds, maybe not have it because of what he did. And look, last week is, you know, undul- it's undulations, it's uphill, downhill, it's a lot of uh, walking on that course. This one is pretty flat, but that can fatigue some guys. He's not old, but that can that can create some fatigue later in the in the tournament.
2: Where'd you place your bets then, Reed?
4: Yeah, first one is Hideki Matsuyama. You see him there at 18 to one. Look, in some spots, you could have got him at 20, but on DK Sportsbook, that's the number that we get a plus 1800. I like Corey Connors a lot this week. But when I see the reigning masters champion against Corey Connors and they have the same odds, I think there's some positive EV there. I mean when you talk when you talk about someone who's played the tournament champions quite a bit, who's played the Sony Open quite a bit, who played last week in Maui, Hideki Matsuyama places a, they're, they're just there's a ton of value on someone like that where we see that his ceiling is winning at Augusta. I'm not necessarily saying that those two courses are comps right here in and Augusta. But that's his ceiling. Another guy that I like is Taylor Gooch at 25 to one. He's someone too that played last week. We see that when you take a look at what he's done with his irons over the last 50 rounds, he ranks out as one of the best in this field. And he's someone, one of these younger stars, right? We see it. We saw it last year with Sam Burns. I'm not saying that Taylor Gooch is Sam Burns' talent, but there are certain guys on the on the PGA Tour right now that can really take that step forward. And I think Taylor Gooch is another one of those guys and the last guy i will mention a longer because I know we like long shots on this show uh, about a hundred to one and I've seen him in places maybe a little bit further than that is Brendan Grace uh, the RBC Heritage at Town is of course comp to this to, to wildlife country club which he's won back in 2016 he won the Puerto Rico Open which is another coastal right type of course resort type of course and he's at 100 to one. he played last week as well I think that's too deep of an odd for a guy that could easily win on a coastal course like this.
3: Reed, do you have any of the kind of derivative market bets in? I mean, any of the, you know, top British, Asian, South African, any of those type players, top 20s, top 40s that you're kind of looking at?
4: Yeah, top 20, I think Michael Thompson is definitely in play. Someone who's played the Sony Open like a dozen times, you know, at outright market, he's at, you know, 200 to 1. So those derivatives, right, are really, really nice. I think the, the best number that I saw – for Thompson is five to one to make inside the top 20. He's got us a lot of good finishes at this course. A lot of solid finishes at RBC. He won the Honda classic in 2013. Now Honda is a little bit tougher than here, but if it gets windy at Honda, right, like it does down in Florida, he's done extremely well on that course. Granted it was nine years ago, but there's a lot of positives to that. And you look at his number, it just doesn't seem uh, for a guy who's played this course quite a bit, you know, like I said, a dozen times, um that a top twenty is out of the question at five to one.
2: All right, Reed doesn't just do golf for DraftKings. He also analyzes the NFL. Your favorite bet or bets wild card weekend. What do you got?
4: Yeah, I think the Raiders at plus five and a half. I know this is sort of a homer bet um there in Vegas, but I think right now plus five and a half, plus six, wherever you're getting it, wherever this number lands, I think there's some value there for the Raiders. I get it. They played, you know, a marathon of a type of game. There was a lot of if you follow me on Twitter, a lot of of heartache that was about to happen. I I had to delete a lot of drafts that I had on Twitter because of what I thought the Raiders were going to do being a Raiders fan my entire life. But I think there's some value there in terms of this offensive line being young Joe Burrow, uh, Zach Taylor debutants in the playoffs. I think there's some value. But the one that I really, really like guys is San Francisco getting points. Dallas is a solid team. I get that. They've had some turnover luck on defense. But when you take a look at the 49ers and what they're able to do play action pass right the Cowboys are are sort of you know probably in the 25th to 27th ranking in uh play action pass on defense and what do the 49ers do really really well they run the ball extremely well and then they deploy that play action and Jimmy Garoppolo has been you know better than expectations. so that's one that I really really like is is the 49ers getting points on wildcard weekend
3: Reed, we've got about 60 seconds here, but uh, Cardinals and Rams, word comes out today, Cardinals not going to get DeAndre Hopkins back. Everybody thinking that he was going to be back for the playoffs. This line didn't really move. At DraftKings, it did fall from four to three and a half and, and, and it went the other direction as opposed to in favor of, of the Rams. So just curious as to your thoughts here with what this Cardinals team brings to the table without DeAndre Hopkins.
4: Yeah, I think if you look at it with him out of the, the lineup, efficiency on offense has been not as great with him in it, obviously, right? And I think Kyler Murray, if you take a look at these quarterbacks, guys, like Stafford has been has hasn't been efficient at all towards the end of the season. And that's what scares me. If you're if you're, you know, laying four points with the Rams, you gotta have faith that Stafford is not gonna turn over the ball like he has been, right? And if Kyler can get can get going with his legs, getting four points for this team that has seen each other, right? These two teams have seen each other quite a bit. And these two coaches have seen each other quite a bit. So I like the Cardinals getting points just because this defense and this offense right now for the Rams do scare me a little bit.
2: Reed, appreciate Reed. it as always. Enjoy the uh, golf tournament. Enjoy Wild Card Weekend. Good to see you, man. All
4: right, guys. Take care.
2: Reed Fowler, everybody. You can follow him on Twitter at Reed T. Fowler. That's Reed, R-E-I-D. Doing good work for DraftKings, both PGA and NFL. Speaking of which, we will power rank all 14 playoff teams. Yes. Next, live from the South Point. It's v since Primetime Action.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.
1: primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on V-CEN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: Back on primetime, live from the South Point, Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin. Thanks to Reed Fowler for uh, joining us, talking a little golf and uh, NFL. By the way, uh, for those who missed the Madison Brangle pick, hey, don't worry about it. Madison Brangle pulled out at 3-3. Three to three. She broke Allison wrist, got broke back. And here's the thing about playing or betting any tournament prior to a major. The slightest little thing and it's deuces for these players, and you can't really blame them. So, refunds for everybody. That one wouldn't have mattered if you had a bet in on or not. So, there you go. Let's talk some power rankings. We have a funky little intro. No longer Matt Brown. And it goes a little something like this.
1: Some Man. It's
2: got some jock jams over undertones to it, you know? A little ravey yeah, yeah. kind of thing. Actually, Matt never had that one. That was like we went above his head for that.
3: Hey, I, I, I can mix. I can, I can, you know, <laughs> on the ones I got and the twos, ones and and, <laughs> and all that. Like, I no. can, I can, I can push buttons on a MacBook. Get a shot of like Matt with handcuffs on, on the ones <laughs> and twos doing
5: I, his I, thing. I can push buttons on a MacBook. I don't, I don't know what's going on at Joe Judge's house or why TMZ is camped up outside of oh, it. Oh no! But there's a fantastic picture of uh, oh, a man. a cases of beer being delivered to the house and about seven pizzas. So Joe Judge having a party tonight or something. I don't know. <laughs> And TMZ felt the need to be there. Yeah, I don't know why, but, but hit well, I mean, them or someone fired, and snapped a
3: picture. Nice little payout. So I mean, they do that, you know. Good on him. All right, man, you're up, man. What you yeah, got? Yeah, so I, I stick. I stuck with the same thing that I've done pretty much all season long. And so basically, what this is is what you're almost looking at is if these teams made the Super Bowl. Who I think is is better if this game was played in the Super Bowl because obviously that's a neutral field. That's going to be a dome scenario. So we're getting perfect. Weather conditions, there is no home field advantage to any of this stuff, and it would just be who I think is better if these teams made, you know, the Super Bowl is is basically how it is. So, um, no surprise. <laughs> At 14, you're going to find the Pittsburgh Steelers probably going to be the number 14 team on all of ours here. Uh, again, just just anemic offense, been so incredibly bad all, all year long. And, um, hey, look, they got in the playoffs, so there, there's something to be said for that. Eagles likely to be 13 on everyone's I assume as well um, another team that yeah look look I mean they put together a few a string of a few really good games where I think at times you kind of scratched your head and said oh maybe this team is 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 all right or something and then they would come out and just put a complete dud performance together and I, I'll have to admit too like I'm dead wrong I think I might have said, No, no fewer than five dozen times. There will not be two teams from the NFC East make the playoffs. You don't have to worry about it. I was wrong.
2: Eagles fans on Twitter. Let
3: me know every single time I say something negative. Every time. I said a million times, like, it doesn't matter. You just bet this, whatever, because there's not going to be two teams from the East. Well, yeah, that was wrong. Uh, Raiders at 12. And look, look, the Raiders, if we're talking about range of outcomes, I think the Raiders are one of those teams right up there with Cincinnati that have a pretty wide range of outcomes, because if they win on that defensive line and create a ton of havoc like we saw in that Chargers game, I think there is at least a decent amount of upside here, but that almost has to happen for, for them. And so with that, I think that they're still down there in the 12 range. I've been, I've told, we've been screaming this. I've not been in on the Patriots all season long. I'm still not in on the Patriots as as we get into the playoffs here. Look, rookie quarterback that has played as well as rookie quarterback, really could do in the scenario that he was in. Not a lot of playmakers on that team. Not really meant for him to be showcased at all. And he, he's done he's done pretty well. But again, I think when you get to the playoffs here, you're gonna need somebody who who can make a play. You're gonna need a quarterback that can make that throw down the field if need be. And and that just really hadn't been asked of Mac Jones this this whole season and I don't think that team that offense is really built for that this season I think they were looking to next season I think next season this Patriots team could be really interesting especially if they can add a couple guys to the wide receiver position but I just think I just don't think it's there this year 49ers come in at 10 you could interchange 49ers and Cardinals for me right there I literally went back and forth as to which way I was going to list it it doesn't really matter so 49ers Cardinals at 9-10 Basically the same for me as far as, as as those two teams, both have their warts, both have their both have a lot of like upside as well, but um, not consistent performers across the board. I Think the team with the biggest widest range of outcomes here is the Bengals because again that offense can score with anybody in this league, and so if they're rocking and rolling and then get a few stops on defense, maybe the turnover luck is in their favor. Then yeah, I think that they're they're pretty they're they're pretty dangerous, but again because of things needing to go their way. They're down um, at eight. Herein lies the uh, guys that I think are real contenders. I think, and when it all is said and done, as far as winning it all, six and seven could be interchanged. Uh, Bucks and Titans. I don't have a preference really on either one of those those teams. Um, the Tennessee Titans. Yes, the uh, oh yes, the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> The Tenest <laughs> nice of us to point it out. Um, uh, I don't really have a preference on either one of those teams. I think if we get to the Super Bowl and they played any of the teams above them, they would be, you know, slight underdogs, you know, two and a half, three points, something like that if they played any of these teams in, in the Super Bowl. So five Cowboys, four Rams, three Bills, two Chiefs, and then and then one Packers. And, and again, it's just this Packers team not incredibly in love with, Gil, but listen – All they've done is gone out and just done it all year long. All they've done is gone out and done it all year long. And and so it's very hard for me to say, oh, well, what if, what if, what if, Devontae What? well, he hasn't gone down. Aaron Rodgers has played at MVP level. They have to be number one for me.
2: I found the bottom of this list and the top of this list quite easy to do. The middle, my goodness, just throw them all up. Here are mine, 14, the Philadelphia Eagles, 13, the Steelers. I just reversed them. Mm. Um, I know Eagles fans. I'm sorry. You can be 13 if you want to be. You just love the hate. You just <laughs> wanted more hate, Gil. Admit it. I'm still mad at body bag in 1990. Okay, I admit it. Raiders are 12. Uh, look, what a st- they're the best story. If we were power ranking the best For stories, sure. it's the Raiders at number one. What they have overcome: John Gruden, Henry Ruggs tragedy, young lady passing away uh, or being murdered by this, uh, and her dog, the Damon Arnett incident. Just one thing after the loss another. of Waller for several the games. loss of Waller. I mean, it's amazing. So yeah. good on them. What a story they would be if they could overcome the Bengals. But they're at 12 in this. I have the Cardinals at 11. I have the Patriots at 10. I've kind of been lukewarm about both of those teams here for quite a while. Um, and why wouldn't you be? And now the Cardinals not getting DeAndre Hopkins back makes them even more mm-hmm. dicey there. Patriots going to have to go to Buffalo. Buffalo's at nine to get that done. That could be interesting weather. That could be cold weather there in Buffalo, but the real inclement weather this weekend, by the way, could be in Tampa. More on that a little later. I've got Cincinnati at eight as well. I'd love to put them higher. I don't know that I can though. I think that's I, I don't think I could put them any lower mm-hmm. either, by the way. So I think they they ought to be right there at eight. And then here's where it gets like I don't know what you do with a bunch of these teams. Like the Cowboys are seven. I ended up going Cowboys seven. Niners were the big riser for me at six. Chiefs five, Rams four, Bucks three. But honestly, like if you took that 3 to 7 and shuffled them up any way you wanted to, I wouldn't complain. The middle was by far the toughest, toughest. to figure out. Yeah. It's just I don't know what you do with the Rams. The Rams are maybe the hardest team to rank
3: among all of them. Because of the you like yeah. you've seen the upside and you know what the upside is, but then you've seen the you've seen the downside and you've seen the the, the bad version as well, right? And so it's just It's impossible yeah. to know. And we'll we'll see. By, by the way,
2: is there any one player that has more pressure on him during wild card weekend than Matthew Stafford does?
3: I know. It's it it really is. It's so crazy, too. And you and you, you look at the final stats and stuff, and like it's just because I think they played so many primetime games and so many island games where you just see some of these bad throws. So he was second to Brady in touchdown passes in the NFL. He's right up there in the top three spotters yardage and all that stuff. Like, he wasn't bad per se. He was just He made the bad plays when everybody was watching, which is the worst time to do it.
2: Like a sort of uncanny uncanny ability to do that, (laughs) which is bad. I do have the Titans, too. That should be no surprise for me. This is what they have all been playing for. This is where they get their players back. They've got their home games. They don't have to play this week. It's all set up as nicely as it can be for them. Do they get it done? I think they do. If they don't, wouldn't be the biggest surprise in the world, but it's as great a setup as you could want. And with Derrick Henry at home, I love the Tennessee Titans. And the Packers, like you said, Matt, there's no there's no knocking them off their perch. Yes, if they lost Rodgers or Devontae Adams, they probably fall to 10. Right,
3: right. But it hadn't happened. But it hadn't happened, and we can sit here and do the ifs yeah. and whatevers and all day, and it's just like, hey, it, I just— tip the cap. They keep getting it done week after week after week after week after week, after week. Yeah. and so we we can sit here and say I don't really love the team because I don't. I don't really love the team. I don't love them. But you just But they're number 1. Them, you got to give them credit. You got to give them credit.
2: Can'tly no since we since we ran you into a wall, let's get some scores here and then we'll do years after. Yeah,
3: sounds good. We
5: got over in the NBA, we've got the Hornets all over the Sixers 70 to 50. This is just 2 minutes into the second half. The Hornets are a 12 and a half point live favorite, 221 and a half. Is your live total Wizards up on the Magic 68 to 52, 730 remaining in the third Wizards 13 and a half point live favorite, 207 and a half the live total. Sixers uh, Celtics up on the Pacers 60 to 49, 10 minutes left in the third Uh, Celtics seven and a half and 207 and a half. The Heat and Hawks all tied up at 44 apiece, four minutes left in the second quarter. Both both those teams depleted uh, right now. Atlanta, two-and-a-half point live favorite, 216-and-a-half is the live total. And the game on ESPN tonight, Knicks with a five-point lead over the Mavericks, 37-32, to seven-and-a-half minutes remaining in the second quarter. Knicks, uh, one-and-a-half point live favorite, 203-and-a-half the live total. All
2: right, we'll get Kelly's power rankings next. We'll talk to Frank Schwab from Yahoo about the NFL playoffs. And a little later on, our golf, draft, and one-and-done commences <laughs> for the calendar year of 2022. It's VEASAN's primetime action.
1: you are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on Vsin, the sports betting network
2: we got betting splits splitting bets We want you to check it out before you make your next bet be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. It's a feature that gives you insights on where the money and bets are booed for every game you'll be able to see where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match the public opinion. Data is available for money line over under and against the spread bets. It's just another way there's too many to count. That VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game. That's betting splits, by the way. I don't know why I said it differently. At VEASAN.com. Splitting bets. That's what we do. That's what we do. That's what we have, anyway. Kelly, you didn't get to give your uh, 14-team power rankings of the postseason. What you got? No, I didn't. I do. I do have an NBA ad, though. I wanted to talk Talk about
5: it. We were talking about it with JVT with the Jazz. I was close to pulling the trigger earlier today. Uh, I'm gonna ride with JVT on this one now tonight. We've got Rondo's out for the Cavs tonight. Ingles will play for the Jazz. Um, so, I, not a huge bet for me, but I am on the jazz side of that. In the same game, I do have that player plop. Player, player plop.
3: Player plop. We we're, have really struggled with that the past the, day. What's happening I to mean, us? Player is... prop. And uh, here's the problem. problem is I haven't had to say it yet, and now I know oh. the next time it comes to me, I'm going to say it. You're totally jacked up. Oh percent. man, so it's it. in my head now. You've ins- you guys have incepted me. I got Allen over 28 and a half points and rebounds
5: in that game. This is a uh, no Rudy Gobert, no Hassan Whiteside for the Jazz. Uh, this is a game where their tallest guy out there on the court is going to be six foot eight. And it's going to be a bit of a struggle against the glass, I think, for for the Jazz tonight. But uh, but the outside piece is a really it's going to be a really fascinating game tonight. So I do I do like the Jazz and I like Jared Allen prop. In that game, as far as power ratings go, I, the way I looked at this is, okay, reset it. We're in the playoffs. There's 14 teams left. Power power rank, basically, Why my strongest teams throughout the playoffs. And I think that the one thing that I couldn't ignore when I started to put, things, put this together is who has first-round buys, right? That automatically, despite how good I think your team is or anything, That shoots you up, right? So the Titans, I think I had seven or eight last week in my rankings. I'm sorry. They go up to three. I didn't put them out of the Chiefs because I still think, like, the Chiefs long-term in the AFC better, but put them right up there. I'll start from the bottom, though. For the bottom, it is Pittsburgh to me, Eagles, the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Steelers are even, like, in a separate tier by themselves to me. Like, even the Eagles and Raiders, if they got feisty, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me that much. But uh, it's, like, Steelers, then a tier of Raiders-Eagles, and then we get up into some teams that maybe, if everything goes right, has a chance— Saying that, I don't – New England, San Francisco, I'm just not completely sold at. I think you're talking about a rookie quarterback with New England. The San Francisco team have never really been able to get fully behind the past few years. I I understand they're coming coming into the playoffs as one of the hotter teams. This first-round matchup with the Cowboys might be a good chance for them to steal one. You know, if the Cowboys are still dealing with some of these injury problems and stuff. But uh, they're still down there towards the bottom for me. Cardinals, uh, look, they're nine in my rankings. If they've been number one at times throughout the year, if if it's if the Cardinals won a Super Bowl somehow, I would not be surprised. DeAndre Hopkins, JJ Watt get back on the field, and the Cardinals start to roll off some wins in the playoffs. It is not something that would surprise me at all. Uh, Bengals at eight. Bengals, like you've said many times, Matt, I,
3: one of the widest range of outcomes. We all three have them at eight because it's just oh, like we? it's like listen, yeah. they're not they're not as bad like they're they're better than these other teams, but at the same time, they're just. There, they could on any given day be better than any of the teams on the left hand side, but then they could also get waxed by like yeah. 20 by any of those teams as well. That's interesting yeah. how we all ended up with that perfect yeah. that dividing team.
5: Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then you know like like we talked about this these these teams kind of in the middle, Bills, Rams, Cowboys. I I don't really know. You could have gone in any order to me. I, I think that I do respect. I think the Bills have it a little bit more together than those other two teams. So I put them at five, Rams at six, Cowboys at seven. Again though, we're on that. I really think this top seven. I. I or maybe even bring it all the way to nine with the Cardinals. I think any of these teams actually could go out and win a Super Bowl this year. If, you know, they get healthy at the right time, things start to go right, any of these teams has a chance. So Bills at five, and then we really go. Bucks, number four, they're dealing with a lot right now. But I do look at them as an eight-and-a-half-point favorite in week one of the playoffs against the Eagles team that I think they're going to win, at least win the game, so automatically has to vault them above some of these teams like the Bills, Rams, and Cowboys in my mind, at least, of how I laid out the rankings. Titans, number three. They have a buy this week. That matters so much when we're talking about what the what these teams are going to do down the line. So Easy, automatic win for them this week. They're already on to round two. Titans, three. Chiefs, number two. They are still the AFC team, I believe, the most in. And then Packers, number one. I believe we all three have them number one. Probably would have them number one if they were. If no teams had a buy, they'd probably still be the number one team, but especially with them
3: with a buy, they're at the top. I actually struggled with mine because of the, just the way that I th- – because the way that I go about it, right? Because I'm always I'm, – I'm trying to say what would the line be on – on, and in this – so, in this case, at this point, because it's it, – what would the line be if in the Super Bowl, right? If, right. If, if Team X played Team uh, Team Y, what would the line – I don't know if the Chiefs wouldn't be favored over the Packers. i could got to be honest with you, like like what the, what, what they would do, like yeah, what sure. the books would do. So, I kind of struggled with that because I, I'm like, you know, if I'm keeping true to how I've been doing this, I – I think the Chiefs would probably be favored over the Packers in the Super Bowl if they were to play. Um, but it just – it was so close that I just gave it to the team that's been better over the course of the season, you know, as as opposed to that or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, it's just – it's kind of like just the, the different ways that, that we went about it, right? Because I do think that if we kind of go down – I mean, I don't know. I think I might have had the Bucks a little bit too, too high in this because, I mean, you know, it can't happen. They're both NFC teams. But, I mean, if – if the Bucks played the Niners, the current iteration of the Bucks played the Niners right now in the Super Bowl. I that line would be pretty close. That line would be pretty close.
2: Matt understands that they're both in the same conference. Don't tweet him. He knows what. Yes. he's making a point. Yes, the, I, I, yes. The the uh, the other thing I want to say about the number one seeding yeah. thing too, because we it's obvious, but we don't voice it enough. Which is not only do you not have to play a game, but we reseed in the divisional round. So take the Titans for instance. At worst. They end up hosting the Bengals, right? That's the least favorable matchup they can possibly get in the division round. But they could end up playing the Raiders, the Patriots, or, you know, in a perfect world, the Steelers, right? But Raiders or Patriots, very possible as well. Those are very favorable matchups, one would think. And that's the beauty of it, for getting that number one seed, because you're always reseeding. So that's a that's obviously a huge favorable part beyond the bye. Now, if we were extending this into the teams that didn't make the postseason— who ended up being your number fifteen team? Well, real quick
5: though, because that's a great point, especially on the AFC side. Yes. That's a much different kind of matchups that the Titans might be able to roll. At least yep. in my opinion, what the Titans might end up with, as opposed to what the Packers could. Right? right I mean, because they
2: could end up with the Rams.
5: It, I, I mean, it, yeah. it, right? It, it could be Rams or Cardinals in, yeah. in this first playoff game for them. And I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if somehow they beat the Packers.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so that's it's much more important for the Titans for sure, the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans. Yeah. So, who ended up being the best team in your opinion that missed the oh, postseason? That's a great
5: question. I didn't even think about this. Hold on.
2: I mean, the candidates are probably out of this group of four: the Colts,
3: the Chargers, the Ravens, the Vikings. Did I leave anybody out? I mean, I would not throw the Saints in there, but they were in it yeah. until the end, as far as playoffs yeah, go. Yeah, Saints,
5: you would throw you, like, you you would throw in that group. Washington, if you wanted to.
2: No, no. Browns, Browns, no, maybe. Dolphins. I guess for me,
3: <laughs> Dolphins still <laughs> finished with a winning record. It's amazing, but you're, you're like Alabama. I guess for me, the Chargers, when it's all said and done. Probably. I mean, despite yeah. the fact that that defense was pretty poor um, for the majority of the season. Justin Herman uh,
2: Justin Herbert wins over Carson Wentz right for the 15th. Right.
5: Mike Zimmer got fired, right? So yes. so I can get so I can go with Minnesota Vikings now like today. As currently <laughs> I, I'm joking but I'm actually serious. I think the Vikings would actually be my answer.
2: Coachless think, they have risen.
5: They are the best team that didn't make the playoffs. Well, I'm
3: it, confident in that. There's that's that's fair. It's I mean there outlandish. wasn't a glaring so there's not like a glaring weakness on that team outside of the fact that they could never hold a lead and or play a game outside of a three point <laughs> right, game <or> right. <laughs> right like like they're, they're, the offense was good all year they they have a good you know none of us are huge Kirk Cousins fans or anything but look i mean he's a he's a he's a good quarterback he if yep. we're in when it's all said and done i mean he's a good quarterback got the two receivers you got the running back you, the defense played decently all year long yeah i mean there's not like a glaring weakness on that team, so I, I could give you that for sure. I think you know it'd be one of those two for I'd go, me. I'd go Chargers. Yeah, edging. Out I mean, Chargers Colts. are definitely the
2: next one down. There, there's no doubt about that. Chargers over Colts for me. Here's the other question: Did the New York Giants body of work, and by that you know what I mean, the last four games of the season, or however much it went, when it went to the toilet, did they do enough to earn them number thirty-two?
3: I still went Jags, but they were thirty-one. I still man, win Jacks, they were but they bad. were 31. Because at the end, they were so, so bad. They were. They were definitely so
2: incredibly bad. How scared were you by that you're a Texans bet? Like, how much of a spook did they put in into you? <laughs> I
3: mean, you're, it, you're
0: under five, point, five and a half.
3: Yeah, I mean, at one point, like, you look up, and it's like the Titans are just rolling them. I turn the game off, and then, like, I see these tw- the tweets start coming through. They're kind of like, what is going on here? And I'm like, certainly not. Well, not only
2: that, then when the Titans went up 10 again, you're like, okay, well now it's not. And then the Texans scored again. And then he scores again, again.
3: yeah. (laughs) Davis
2: Mills was like, how dare you guys say all that stuff about me? Where did Davis Mills end up in your rookie quarterback rankings? Second? (laughs) He's got to be near up there. He's not down that list. Kept kept the Chargers out of the playoffs. Man. Stanford's Davis Mills. We'll come back. Uh, We'll continue NFL talk and those golf games handicapping contests next.
1: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on v the sports betting network.
2: DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back Hammer the Over for the wildcard round. You, the fans, have all the power. For every 5,000 people who bet the over the Patriots-Bills game, the line will drop by a half point. You control how low the total will go. Download the app now and hammer the over down. If you or someone you know is a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available to play in select states. Must be 21. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for full details. And Matt, just for those who didn't hear it the first time... Let's clear up any uh, questions yes. people have on you, this.
3: You you do just bet the yes, and so for every it'll just plummet down and keep plummeting down, and you're just betting the yes that it will go over. You will also be limited on the amount of money that you can bet on this because it's likely to get to zero. Yes, because so, the number yes. you get is the final yes. number. Yes, so. Yeah, it's getting... likely to get to zero, so you yes, you can't bet five million dollars that they're going to score one <laughs> point in the game. It they're is not... not
2: your birthright <laughs> <right? Yeah.
3: laughs> to not get limited. Just on this. take free money. They're going to give you. They're handing you free money. Take whatever the free money is. Uh, Thirty seconds of uh, a sports talk radio. Right Love in. it. John Lester retires yes. today. Yeah, Hall of Famer or no?
2: My instinct would be to say yes but I'd have to check the numbers.
3: My my instinct also says, yeah, also lefty, you know, yeah. so it's like, you know, they're, 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 they're more rare and all that. So, Amazing I mean, story. Yeah, and I, I, my instinct also says yes, um, but definitely skills eroded rapidly over those last th- three or four seasons, so I, I hope that that's not a thing that's held against him. Had uh, one of the more famous
2: bouts of the yips
3: yeah. as well. Couldn't field any balls. Yep couldn't couldn't field the bunt couldn't and couldn't throw to first base on yeah. uh, on pickups yeah. guys would like go halfway down the right. line because it's like he, yeah. they knew he was never going to throw to first base i mean it's a t- not that you know i don't know if that knocks your hall of fame candidacy, but it's mm.
2: it's certainly something i think of when yeah. i think of him
3: and and i also think about just you know you and i talk about this a lot that hey look there's you could be a really hardcore sports fan and be 25 years old so you know you were 15 Ten years prior. So, like, I I often wonder about people in like a John Lester who. Who in his in his heyday in his prime was really was one of the one of the better pitchers in Major League Baseball. I I, also, I often think about like Miguel Cabrera, like guys that are that have only been watching baseball for the last four or five years. They're not going to remember him being the most fear like one of the oh. most ridiculous hitters that's ever stepped foot in a batter's box. But like yeah, the last four years have been rough to watch. Like it's it it sucks.
2: But he was the greatest player in baseball. Yeah. I say that in basketball. We brought this up before. I at the biggest the starkest example of that is Dwight Howard to me. Like Dwight Howard. For- for a decade now has just been this guy, but it is impossible to explain to younger people. I was like, you don't understand this dude for a moment in not a 2009 moment, was the best. I mean, I don't know if he was the single best player, obviously, because there were other superstars, but he was one of the most feared players in, in the NBA. And that's why he was so angry that he didn't make the best 75 of all time. He was incredulous. I mean,
5: you're talking in. I'm sorry, but in you, know, you, you're absolutely right. And there are pl- people out there that, like Matt said, young enough that you're just not even going to remember yeah. how how good he was in the beginning. But he took that team. I mean, he took that Magic team all the way to the NBA Finals. Yes, they got smoked in that NBA Finals, but all the way to the NBA Finals, and we're talking it was a team full of what, Jameer Nelson? Yeah. Hito
3: Turkoglu, Richard Turkoglu Lewis? Was fire.
5: Like, it was all Dwight Howard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that was – it was extremely impressive.
3: Uh, yeah. We got a Ryan Hyatt question here, and he said – I like the Ryan Hyatt question. Do individual sports like golf and tennis make it easier to handicap because of fewer variables? What are the biggest difference differences in handicapping team?" Versus individual sports. I mean, the, the the first part of the question, I think, is, is pretty easy, I would think, for both of us. I, I don't think it's any easier, really, no. at all. I right? Yeah, I don't like the word easy, but I know what he means. Right, yeah. right. It is it, I, it, because there, we're assessing talent on a single human correct. as opposed to 11 humans on offense and 11 humans on defense. And, and, and the reason that I used to love betting baseball was because that, that's a team,
2: that's an individual sport disguised as a team right. sport. Because every play begins with one guy throwing a baseball to a guy with a stick. Now that baseball has evolved, we're starting pitchers, come out earlier than ever before, or don't even start. We have an opener it's not as bettable of a sport to me. But yes, so so generally using baseball as sort of a, a window into that. Tennis and golf, I'll just speak on behalf of tennis, it is that much more quantifiable to me. You can wrap your your handicapping instincts around it that much better. Football has a lot of moving parts. Basketball has a lot of moving parts. So I think in that respect, I would say, okay, let's use the word easy. I wouldn't use that word. I would say it's a different endeavor.
3: Yeah, and and I would, and, you know, the differences, I think... In, in tennis and golf, listen, tennis players are more consistent than golfers are. And there's, there's like, there are guys that play, you know, we talk about all the time. Like, this this tournament is going to come down to this handful of guys and whatever. And it's because, listen, those guys in tennis, Gil said it on this show, if you've ever played tennis, you know this. Like, the, the, the skill difference it does not jump any faster than it does in tennis the the number 100 player in the whole world like you are the 100th best at something Imagine. in the whole world and you are night and day worse than someone who's at the 20th, and then you're even night and day worse than the, someone who, th- that's in the top five. It's, it's just
2: staggering. Yeah. By the way, those players who are ranked 100 in some cases, especially on the ladies' tour, have trouble economically making it meet <laughs> yeah. to even stay on yeah. tour. That's how, that's how big of a difference it is. And,
3: and, and the thing with golf is, you know, it's since it is a four-round thing, I mean, listen, you've, we, how many times have we seen it? We'll talk about it multiple times over the course of this golf season as well. Guy goes out three rounds looks like he's absolutely unbeatable and something weird happens overnight in his swing and he can't find a fairway or he can't make a putt to save his life. And it's just like, even a guy, even if you handicap something air quotes, right. A guy, you know, a guy that's right in the mix of it, right in the thick of it. It, it can still go wrong. It can still go sideways. So yeah, I mean, I, I think golf is pretty, well, when I say difficult, it's, it's, you have to understand that you've got to roll with the punches, right? Like it's, it is an ebb and flow thing for sure. Like you can be right. And still, and well, so on. And, and
5: that's like to the, to the point about be, be, you know easy or not. Like it is, you know, like our like Matt and I's process for the most part. It's like okay, you're figuring out what tournament they play in this weekend. You're looking at the course. You're look, trying to decide what stats are going to best fit our modeling systems for the course that they're based off of what they're playing at. There's a lot of different, a lot of work that goes into that. Now, at the end, do we feel like we have, you know. Numbers that are easy right in our face to help us make our bets off of, yes, from that standpoint. But there was a lot of work that got put into that, and then who knows if you're going to come up empty or like a said, you have a situation like that. It looks good for three and a half days, and then and then you end up losing.
3: And, and Gil, like you, you, you said it so great about about baseball. Like the reason I used to bet so much more baseball was that you had dominant pitchers. Against lineups, teams weren't into analytics near as much, so there weren't guys who like teams will carry now guys, and you you guys know this, and you, if you follow baseball, but that only play against right-handed pitchers, that only play against left-handed pitchers. They are specialized lefty mashers or specialized righty mashers, and they only play. And guys are, and teams are perfectly content. With having these guys sit on the bench all other times whenever they're not like that wasn't necessarily a thing as much back then. It wasn't a it was they didn't really factor all that stuff in. So like you could get a dominant pitcher on the hill and like you could feel super confident in making a bet on that dominant pitcher that it was gonna get that it was gonna get home. And, like, the, and
2: the betting market wasn't as hip to analytics. So yeah. like years ago, you could really exploit the difference between baseball card stats, counting stats. Um, or just baseball card stats, and what were truly advanced stats. Now everybody knows this stuff. Like, honestly, the endeavor of betting preflop baseball kind of scrambles my brain. Mm. Like, I'm like, how could you bet this day after day after day and think you are going to get an edge? Now – like anything, somebody could have a successful season here or there, but I just don't believe you can do it year after year after year. um, just my opinion at this point because
3: there's like literally and we've talked about this during this past baseball season. we'll talk about it again with this one there's there's literally like a dozen guys starters that go seven innings right anymore. or like, like, like there's there's like a dozen guys, so there's like the only there's like literally twelve guys when they're on the hill that you can go, this guy's likely to go seven and And, past that no one else does. And I think the biggest thing
2: between, let's say football, the NFL, which we talk about the most college football to some degree, but let's use the NFL versus say golf or tennis, golf or tennis. You can trust your numbers and often, Mm. and it's not arrogant. You can say, I think my numbers are, are better than the market in the NFL. Like you just, it's really about getting the best number. Right. It's about getting that long term. And if you can do that, that's going to that's going to override any numbers you might think you have, uh, however confident you may be in them. I mean, Would you yeah. would you accept? Absolutely. That? Because Absolutely. I think that's the biggest difference. It's why Drew, right. Drew Denson comes on and he's still by beginning of the week. He's making his plays to get ahead of it. Now it's been polluted by covid and by late injury reports. It's a different endeavor this year. And every one of these things is dynamic. You have to evolve with it. But I think those are the biggest those are the biggest differences. It's why we love betting golf and tennis.
3: It's why people bet smaller market mm-hmm. sports to, to greater success. Kelly, did you mention the Joe Judge thing on air or was that between on break? It was on air. Yeah, it wasn't was. Yeah. was so. Was it? fifteen million dollars over fifteen. Oh, yeah. yeah, it has now yeah. been. It's now been <laughs> yeah, his buyout was fifteen million dollars. So if you're wondering why he's getting a whole bunch of pizza and beer delivered to his house, pizza and party. He, he he's get, He got fifteen million to get fired.
5: Even that's a cheap party though. Pizza and beer. All right.
3: So, yeah.
2: Fifteen million dollars <laughs> to get fired. Like
3: yeah. Wow.
2: Fire me today. He's like, I told you it wasn't a clown show. <laughs> we'll talk to Frank Schwab next, right here at Reason.